What's up, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to The Faction, powered by Bonnerfide Radio. It's your man, GB. And for the next uh, 90 minutes or so, you're going to be locked into the greatest conversation about the greatest sport on planet Earth. It is the sport of professional wrestling. And, of course, I'm not by myself. I've got my good brothers with me. Courtney Beard, what's up, brother? Salute, my people. We are all the way up, and you know what it is. It is not just a Wednesday. It is a a Mid-South Wednesday because I'm in Memphis. Uh Uh-huh. So you're in Memphis, and there's somebody Uh else in Memphis, the resident of Memphis. Uh, I guess we can, can we call him the Prince of Memphis? Oh, because the the king is still there, but... I think he's he's kind of on the road to being the prince of He Memphis. is the prince. Prince Brandon Clack. What's up, brother? Well, listen, you know, I, I almost feel honored, especially seeing how the last prince demolished somebody on this show oh last my. week. Demolished. Oh and I'm telling you, dude, I hate to even say this, but you, I was so embarrassed wow. that you got blindsided and Prince 3Q came in here, read you your rights, Showed you how to do the show and schooled you on rest. I, I just you I'm don't even you know sound like you believe that yourself. <laughs> you sound as crazy as you think you sound. And from now on, I'm going to change your name. You know what you are. You're not the prince. You're the prince of offense. That's what you are right there. The prince of offense. You just say things that offend people. The prince of offense is on the show today, people. All I know is that I've never been blindsided by anyone on this show that I couldn't handle verbally and put them in their place. And Prince 3Q talking about he needs a a picture in the graphics slot. In the graphics slot? Prince 3Q can't spell graphics. (laughs) Call him right now. uh, uh, G-R-A-F-F-Carry to 3. He can't spell graphics. Oh, man. That was that was a really crazy moment last week. I, that I, was fun. That was a fun It was fun. I felt bad for the kid. I really did. He thought he was going to come on and get his little jokes off. I really felt bad for him. <laughs> Prince, three, you, I, I have to tell you now, uh, we literally had people from across the world listening to that battle as it unfolded last week. Um, uh-huh. We had some friends across the pond. Who were listening, and uh, I got to shout out uh, at Black Wrestling Excellence, who they're on Instagram and they do a phenomenal <laughs> job uh, of covering the uh, presence of African Americans all throughout the business. Uh, it's actually amazing how they keep up. Uh, as much as I think I'm an aficionado, I think he may actually have me beat in terms of you know being connected to the Indies and things of that nature. I mean, like. I learned stuff from from him. That's so. saying a lot, GB. I was gonna say that's a Man. whole lot, G. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. The, the The places that he ends up being connected to are places I've never heard of before. And I mean, he literally has late breaking news relative to the African American wrestler. So, GB, I, I want to salute you. Him, are, you are the Dewey Decimal System of wrestling knowledge. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm just saying I, I acknowledge greatness when I see it, and he's doing some great things and. Uh, we did offer an invite to him, and hopefully he'll take us up on it. I'd love to have him on to talk about all that he's doing with Black Wrestling Excellence. But uh, how's the week been for you guys? Certainly it's been an eventful week. The print showed up. It was really crazy. Man, how was the week for you guys? Well, for me, it was good, man. The whole weekend was great. Super Bowl was lackluster. Oh, boy. It was good seeing the homie PJ Morton on the halftime show, and I'm a huge Maroon 5 fan. 
But uh, that performance was not the best version of Maroon 5 I'd ever seen. And after coming after the likes of a Justin Timberlake, Prince, and Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and of course Bruno Mars. Ah. I'm surprised you didn't mention Michael Jackson's name in there. I mean, but, but, the, but, but my, Michael, Michael was years ago. I was just going, going current, but Michael was years ago. Mike okay. and Diana Ross, those are the greats. Okay. He's still bitter over Michael Jackson losing that lumberjack match to Macaulay Coffin. Oh Will you stop bringing stuff like there is a lawsuit up, right? You know what, sir? You're gonna, the prince of offense is going to find himself at the end of a lawsuit. It's all fun and games until you're staring at Tito Jackson face to face. You are out of control. Oh, my gosh. Clack, how was the week the for you, The prince of offense is all the way up. Oh, boy. It, it was a really good weekend. Good, um, good. I actually enjoyed the Super Bowl. Uh, and and I'll tell you my perspective on it. Here's why. I'm the guy that enjoyed the Spurs versus the Pistons in the oh. NBA Finals when it was the lowest rated NBA Finals because everybody said it was a defensive juggernaut. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the chess match of stopping someone. So I, I didn't have a problem with the Super Bowl. Plus, I'm a huge Patriots fan. Oh. Shout out to Tom Brady. He is the GOAT in my opinion. Oh. And uh, this week is going to be full I've got Courtney here with me, and uh, he's working. So he wow. he can only do like 25 minutes of the show. you got to get back on the clock. <laughs> uh, I've never in my life heard this man mention the Patriots. Well, this is shocking to me, it, too, it, but it, it explains it, it, In a all lot. of my years of being his friend, I've never heard this man say the word Patriots, and I probably never think, even think I heard him say Tom Brady or Brady Bunch. <laughs> Just because I don't mention it doesn't. Now, I'm not proficient in football. I don't know much about it. But I do know that I love watching Tom Brady's aggressiveness when it comes to winning. Okay. You talking about like you you talking about football is like saying White Castle has the best burgers. Me I, talking wow. about football is like you talking about how many diets you successfully complete. Wow. First off, just so hey, you Prince, know that's a free one, buddy. You can have that. <laughs> First off, I'd like to let you know that I'm on a diet right now, and since I've been here, I've dropped 0.5 pounds. You got to celebrate the little wins. GB, I'm going to tell you what diet he's on. He's on a diet for not saying the N-word. Yep, I exposed you. Oh. He says it, and he's on a diet from it. Wow. The N-word, like, 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 like never. I never wow. say the word never. No, nope. I'm going to tell, tell people what you called me this morning when you woke me up. Oh, boy. Oh. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice wow. fan. Oh. Nice. <laughs> Please tell me you don't have nice. the Liam Neeson syndrome. Like, oh god. Let, let, listen, that somebody Courtney walks taken. it off. GB, he Courtney walks it off. It off. <laughs> <laughs> Goes for a good power walk, and it fixes the old N-word problem. The power of a power walk. I G- GB, I know this is beside the point, but I gotta hear your take. Was he serious? Liam Neeson. Yeah, I think he was serious, and I think it's the classic wow. case. You know, it's a classic case of, remember when we were kids and uh, we were getting in big trouble, so we just started explaining any and everything, thinking it would get us out of trouble, only for it to mm-hmm. get us in more trouble. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. when my parents used to say, well, at least be honest. So then I tried to take that whole honesty thing, like, well, at least I was honest, as though <laughs> yeah, that was going to stop me from getting a beating. Listen. If you no. honestly confess to killing somebody, right? Ooh. You were honest, but you're going to pay the price for killing somebody. You're so, going to pay the price. And you're going to be labeled a murderer. So Liam Neeson. Well, thank, eh. thank yeah. God for a power walk. It's the second time in history a power walk has saved somebody. Remember Mr. McMahon power walked down after that rumble with Cena and Batista well, and broke both quads. It didn't. So who did it save? 
It's save Royal Rumble because he went out there and gave instruction. <laughs> from, from the seat of his pants, <laughs> literally. <Right. laughs> well, listen, if you guys missed our last show, first of all, what's wrong with your life? Like, absolutely. And by the way, shout out to all of our brand new, new listeners who have joined us over the last week and have discovered the power of the facts. And last week, it was about an impromptu invasion. It was really quite crazy, but we also uh, had some great conversation to talk about uh, the role of the African-American in the world of pro wrestling, and it got kind of heated. It was a very passionate show last week, so go back, check it out. It's available uh, certainly on our mobile app, uh, bonafideradio.com, and then you can check it out on our podcast, uh, available on iTunes and Google Play. So we've got another week, another great show. There's a lot to talk about as we are on the road to WrestleMania. Courtney. Tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode 151 of The Facts. And right here on Bonafide Radio, we'll kick things off talking about Kenny Omega. That's right. His future is in the balance. It's kind of double or nothing. We'll talk about the Crockett Cup. We'll also recap The Man was on Raw and she was on SmackDown. But we'll kick things off right here with Shadows of a Setting Sun, Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song. You're listening to The Facts on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yo, 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 it's your boy JTG, a.k.a. the author of Damn What I Write This Book 2, How to Play the Game, and you are listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. Cheer!
Welcome back to the Faction powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Shadows of a Setting Sun. That's Shinsuke Disappointment Mora theme music. And uh, GB, give us some more wrestling news. Dang! Jeez, tell us how you really feel. Jeez! What in the world? Oh my Somebody gosh. ain't taking blood pressure medicine today. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, there's a lot that's happening in the world of pro wrestling. And of course, there's a lot of conversation about Kenny Omega, who on February the 1st, Became an official free agent, no longer signed to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, many who watched the Royal Rumble were hoping that he would show up maybe as number 29 or 28 or 27, but he didn't. Um, and of course, if you're following uh, Being the Elite, the YouTube series, you know he's still on there. And he's got the countdown clock happening. All roads seem to be leading to this double or nothing big ticket announcement party that's going down tomorrow. That's Thursday, February the 7th, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can check it out uh, certainly on your favorite social media platform. It's going down. It's a free event at the Splash Pool at the MGM Grand in Vegas. Uh, Should be very interesting. All Elite seems to be doing a lot. Here's the big question. Do you think Kenny Omega shows up tomorrow at the big ticket announcement party to announce that he is the newest signee to All Elite Wrestling? Man, I don't know. The speculation is high. I mean, I'm on Twitter right now and I see people talking about him going to WWE. Uh, It makes sense for him to be at uh, AEW. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll do a one-off. Maybe he'll play the indie circuit and see how he feels out there. Maybe he's just... Cody, you know, two years ago and said, I don't want to sign with anybody. I want to be my own man. I have no clue what he's going to do. I mean, he has here. Here's the deal. When is the last time we've seen one guy who had the ball in his court like this? Mm. We've not had a wrestler so coveted by all of the networks. And when I say networks, I mean, he can go to ROH, he can go to New Japan, he can go to AEW, he can go to WWE. Heck, he can go to NXT if he wants to. This is a moment in time, and we need to recognize it. 
Clack, any thoughts on this? I know you're trying to avoid anything that's not WWE, but it's going to be virtually impossible at this point. No, I'm definitely not going to avoid this one. I feel like Tyson Smith really has an opportunity to really leap into the WWE. And I'm saying Tyson Smith because I think that there's going to be an authentic shining of his real, true wrestling character once he crosses over to the land of opportunity. He's done the indies thing. He's maximized all of those moments. We know you want to give back to the fans. We know that you're a great wrestler. We know that you're just all of those wonderful things that Indy points to. I think he knows that his time now is where he belongs, and that's on the big stage. I think he's coming to WWE. Hmm. That's very interesting. I think he's proved his point everywhere else. He really doesn't have anything to prove. He's giving back to the fans. I think he it's a bucket list for him. Why do I agree with this? Wow. What 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 is happening here? <laughs> this man, I didn't listen, you know what? I, I, I have bought some sobriety to him by being in his own. Okay. He is now thinking like a real person. Look oh, at him. When you look at him. Now I'm gonna tell you something, G. I had no clue who Tyson Smith was. Yeah, yeah. He pulled I, a you. He did. A fence rose up inside him. Tyson Smith, who do you think he is? That's like calling T.D. Jakes Thomas Dexter. Right. We got Thomas Dexter coming tonight. I said, who is Thomas Dexter? Who is Tyson Smith? But my my apologies, Prince of Offense. You know, it reminds me of, uh, I think it was 1994. 94, Bob Backlund stood in the middle of a ring on Monday Night Raw. And uh, he was addressing... Uh, the man known as Diesel after Diesel defeated him for the WWE Championship in eight seconds right after Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden. And so he uses a name we had never heard before. He referred to Diesel as Kevin Nash. And I mm -hmm. remembered looking like Kevin Nash. Oh, snap. That's Diesel's real name. Like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, I think we just had one of those moments from Clack. Uh, but with all that said, call him Tyson, call him Kenny Omega. First of all, I don't think he's leaving his name of Kenny Omega since he has a big documentary coming out on HBO in April. But with all of that said, I think, you know, certainly if WWE were to sign him, it'd be a massive move. But here's the thing that we have to consider. We keep thinking about All Elite as though they are an indie organization. Listen, when you're dealing with $100 million as startup money, you are not an indie organization. You are a major wrestling company, all right? I don't think there was any point that ECW was rolling with $100 million. Um, you know, certainly none of these other indie organizations that are out there, Defy Wrestling, Bar Wrestling, uh, MLW, they're not rolling with $100 million. If Chris Jericho has the best contract he's ever had, that's not coming from an indie organization. So with that said, I think that if, 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 if Kenny Omega is going to make a move that's going to really impact what his legacy is going to be, I think Kenny Omega wants to go down, much like Sting did for a while, um, as the best guy to never step foot in WWE. I think... I don't know, GB. Well, that sounds more like what you want him to but do. No, 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 no. Let me make a case for this. 
One thing that Kenny Omega has always done, he has always certainly in, in, in these last few years been about providing number one an alternative and about being in a place where he's, his talent is able to shine. Now, let's be completely honest. We've not seen, first of all, the only place under the WWE moniker where he could wrestle at the pace he is accustomed is NXT. That's the only place. But the problem is the NXT money doesn't look like the Raw or SmackDown money, right? So if you're talking about money, that would be the place. But he is not going to, he would be so frustrated there. He has the opportunity to literally change the world as part of All Elite. I think tomorrow we see him show up at All Elite and he answers all of our questions. He becomes the flagship of All Elite so that he can continue his competition domestically with Vince McMahon and WWE. Well, let, let me say, go, go ahead, Clack, go ahead. Yeah, uh, GB, I've got a question for you about, you know, moments that change, you know, I, I guess corporations and, and just things like that. H how, when do you think Courtney is going to stop changing the professionalism of our show by his grizzly bear breathing and his moving around that is so disrespectful? Y'all can hear me moving? <laughs> yes, you are disrespectful, and our fans wanted me to check you on it. Don't worry, Faction Chat. I got your back. They are... Get your hands out of my brownie! I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Don't say that on the air! You already did! Oh, <laughs> Don't yell, get your hands out of my brownies! Oh, Courtney, God. you're making it worse. Don't do that. So let me guess, Courtney's about to eat brownies, ladies and gentlemen, right here live on the air. He oh sure does eat brownies. Are you serious? <laughs> he you eats brownies. Professionalism? Well, well, I mean, we can see you. Like, <laughs> what did you have to tell the people that I'm eating brownies for crying out loud? Jesus, well, we, we, we didn't say they hey, were special chat. brownies. I want everybody to put in the chat comment section, brownie beard. That's his wrestling nickname, <laughs> Brownie Beard. When you see him on social media, hashtag Brownie Beard. Oh, Brownie oh, Beard. Yet call him SB Brownie Beard. That's the special brownies. Because, you know, those are the special brownies. That comes SB from Brownie Earth. Beard. Yes. Listen, I have breaking news. Last uh, week in San Antonio, I was with the CEO of a little small company, which isn't little and small. The CEO of a company called Jet Select. Talking to him, I found out that he's from Jacksonville. I begin to talk about the Khan family. Come to find out, he's not only friends with uh, Mr. Khan, he went to the Super Bowl with Mr. Khan last year and is very aware of the younger son named Tony. This is what he told me emphatically. He said, I know Tony's doing a wrestling venture. None of us know what it is. He said, I will tell you this, that $100 million is not a lot of money. He said, and whenever Mr. Khan invests $100 million, it's because he has another hundred to follow it if something goes wrong. They are in this for the long haul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and we say all of that to say we can no longer look at All Elite as an independent organization. Now, let me go Listen, so far as to say this. I'm very young. If they start coming up on um, what? Courtney Hush. Oh, my Hush. God, GB, Courtney. continue. Oh, my Courtney, how, God, how Courtney. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? They start coming up. Courtney, I'm talking you, about only your mic. Oh my god! We are gosh. never going to get recognized oh as a serious organization god. if you don't stop. How I, you have no manners? You, 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 you know what? You, you, you guys, 
ever since we started doing this show, y'all GB, his mouth is full of brown garbage. I don't believe. I don't believe what I just saw and heard. And heard. So let me just. Did you say saw? Saw and heard. Let me just say this. Let me say this. I, I think, first of all, you know, there are those who feel like All Elite isn't the real deal because they haven't had a wrestling card yet. But very few times have we been able to see an organization being built from the ground up. We don't know what's happening with the XFL because Vince won't take us on the journey of rebuilding the XFL. But we do get the opportunity to watch what these guys are building. And let me tell you, they're doing it in a brilliant way. They're going to indie organizations and just showing their face. They know where their crowd is. They know where their uh, following is. And they're galvanizing people in ways that other organizations have not. Think about this. This will be the second rally in two months, or really in a month's time, for AEW. They have figured out ways to really make announcements exciting. And that is the thing that makes a movement great. They are looking to put over 15,000 people in the MGM Garden Arena and break the wrestling attendance record there. That's their goal for double or nothing. This is a very serious situation. And so with that, let's look at this. We're talking about Kenny Omega, but we can confirm that they have signed, as they announced last night, Jimmy Havoc. And Jimmy Havoc, for those who aren't familiar, has been doing a whole lot on the English wrestling circuit. He's been a big part of progress and defiant. He's been a part of insane championship wrestling. And he is the former and longest reigning Progress World Champion. Now, why is this significant? Because Progress also has a partnership with the WWE, and they help provide the talent for what we know as NXT UK. So think about this. The same folks that brought us Pete Dunne and um, Mustache Mountain all from Progress, Jimmy Havoc didn't make the jump. Instead, he went to All Elite. And now we're getting word that the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Phoenix, will be working with All Elite. They are signing some major, major talent. And I'll tell you this now, this becomes very problematic for WWE. And say what you will, tomorrow's going to be significant. Trent Beretta, uh, formerly of Ring of Honor in New Japan, has also signed. They are picking up talents left and right. And uh, All Elite, um, let me tell you, Double or Nothing is going to be huge. And as we mentioned, they're doing StarCast again. Already uh, 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 signed for StarCast. Sting, Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's going to be a major major problem i've always looked at it this way when you get former wwe hall of famers to make their way to these other events it is a problem for wwe and uh mm, i don't know i don't know something special is going to happen uh in vegas uh certainly in may but without question tomorrow so i hope you guys are paying attention on all social media platforms make sure you're following all elite wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's where you'll be able to see what's going on, uh, certainly with 
this double or nothing announcement tomorrow. Now, another big announcement that happened in the world of pro wrestling this week was the return of the Crockett Cup. Now, we heard that the Crockett Cup was coming back at NWA 70 back in October. But a big announcement happened yesterday where the NWA announced the commentary team for the return of the Crockett Cup. It's going to feature uh, Jim Cornette, the great Jim Cornette, also Joe Galley from the NWA, and Ring of Honor's Ian Riccoboni. This is a partnership between the NWA and Ring of Honor, and it's going down at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord, North Carolina on Saturday, April the 27th. It's also been announced that the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, Nikita Koloff, and Magnum TA will all be appearing at the Crockett Cup. There will be teams from Ring of Honor, NWA, Mexico, Japan, and all over the globe competing for the Crockett Cup. Tickets are on sale now uh, for Honor Club members that are involved with Ring of Honor, and then they go on sale to the general public this Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. The return of the Crockett Cup, I know this makes you very happy, Courtney. Let's talk a bit about the significance of the return of the Crockett Cup in 2019. The Crockett Cup was a staple in my childhood growing up. I will never forget seeing that tall silver trophy, which I felt was the size of a small man. And they'd hold it up and we had legendary winners. We're talking the Road Warriors, the Animal and Hawk. We're talking about the superpowers of Nikita Koloff and Dusty Rhodes. We're also talking about Lex Luger and Sting. So it makes total sense that they bring this back. Now let's walk down wrestling history. Who are some other tag teams that were a part of? The Andersons, Arn Anderson and Tully, the giant Baba and Tiger Mask, the Midnight Express, the Road Warriors, the Russian team. So to see this thing back with Jimmy Cornette leading the way is absolutely exciting. Then you add in some heroes, some true legends and Hall of Famers like the Rock and Roll Express. And not just one Midnight Express, not two Midnight Express, but all three of them. Bobby Eaton, Dennis Condry, and Stan Lane, Nikita Koloff, Magnum TA. It's going to be a night. Now, I should mention this, and this is what's so interesting. The Crockett Cup only took place for three years. It was only April 1986 to uh, 1988. You mentioned the three winning teams. So it does lend itself to ask the question, throughout all of the rest of the NWA, uh, post-1990, excuse me, post-1988, uh, all of the heyday of WCW, we never saw the Crockett Cup. The Crockett Cup disappeared. The Crockett Cup is back. Clack, uh, you're probably the wrong person to ask, but I, I do want to ask you this because I do think it's fair that you get a chance to answer this. Do you think that something with really only three years of activity should get a whole lot of fanfare like the return of the Crockett Cup is seemingly getting here in 2019? Well, it, it depends on the type of impact that it had. And I'm going to ask a serious question. GB, t- tell me, what is the Crockett Cup? So the, I, For any listeners that are maybe like me. So the Crockett Cup uh, is basically, it was the NWA's way to honor uh, the great tag teams. It would be the tag team equivalent to the King of the Ring. That's what the Crockett t- Cup was. It was a two-night tournament that would involve 16 of the NWA's greatest tag teams. And they would be on display for two consecutive nights with the winner of this uh, 16-team elimination tournament winning the prestigious Crockett Cup. 
uh, there'd be a monetary assignment next to it, but it would also put you in great contention for a tag team title shot. So it really was a tag team equivalent to the WWE's King of the Ring. Well, I will say this. That concept sounds dope, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, depending on the type of quality of match, I would say, yes, it deserves to be brought back and honored, uh, especially if it made that kind of impact. Obviously, I never personally uh, witnessed one. Is it on the network? Um, Strangely enough, they've not put them on the network yet, uh, but I do think it would be great to put them on the network, though I don't know that particularly with the nwa resurfacing it if they would put it on the network but um again it was certainly a significant significant moment uh that happened again uh 1986 1987 1988 but some of the teams that were involved really were Mm -hmm. among the best in the business i mean you're talking about the fabulous ones the fantastics ronnie garvin Mm -hmm. and magnum ta um, you okay. had uh, Chavo and Hector oh, wait, Guerrero. Wait, wait, Clack, do you know who Ronnie Garvin is? Yes. R- rugged Ronnie Garvin yes. uh, was in the Royal Rumble 1991-92, one of those, right? Yes, he was, and he's a former NWA okay. champion. So that, that's I just wanted to make sure. Um, you had uh, from Japan, Giant Baba and Tiger Mask. Uh, of course, uh, Arn and Tully were a part of it, the Midnight Express, the Road Warriors, the Rock and Roll Express. Um, you know, before they were the Bushwhackers, uh, Butch and Luke were a dangerous team called the Sheep Herders. And, uh, really? Oh, my Lord. Listen, you they were the Sheep Herders. Let me put it, me yeah, put it they to were you really this way. Good. The, the, so, so, so the, the, the Bushwhackers are the equivalent to, uh, this will be a church reference for all of you who, who aren't in church. Uh, it's the equivalent to when you meet somebody in church who's like super nice and super docile and then they share their story and they tell you that they were a murderer and you'd like never believe perfect them. perfect oh, because wow. the sheep herders used to scare the living life out of me listen the I sheep i would have never thought that they weren't they weren't walking around licking uh people's faces the sheep herders <laughs> would draw blood on you in a heartbeat like what? they were they were animals But you know what, guys? Now that I think about it, even though the Bushwhackers were a very kid-friendly tag team, there was always a a raw aggression about them. Mm -hmm. They weren't very skilled, but you always felt like they were in a brothel somewhere. Let me tell you, those guys could really do some severe damage to people. What kind of wrestling are you watching? (laughs) So I I, I tend to think (laughs) that when they came over to WWE, it was easy money. They didn't have to be uh, as brutal. It's kind of like when Mick Foley and, made the transition after he fell off of Hell in a Cell and he couldn't do those super <laughs> brutal matches anymore. So we went yeah. to, like, fun-loving Mick Foley. I think that's what the Sheep Herders did when they became the Bushwhackers. And they were older, too. They, they were, were older. They were. But let me tell you, do yourself a favor. Go on to YouTube and search the Sheep Herders. I'm sure there okay. are some matches that will make your jaw drop. When you realize just how insane they were. So I will say this in light of this environment where tag team wrestling certainly is looking to be on a resurgence or dare I say a revival. um, I think it's a great scenario for them to do that. Now, I'm going to say this. I think that the Crockett Cup will will have uh real credibility if they can find a way to work with all elite 
you're gonna need the young bucks involved in the crockett cup for the crockett cup to be taken seriously because if it's just a slew of independent teams that nobody heard of the crockett cup will be a name only what made it great was you had guys like Arnon Tully, like the Fabulous Ones, the Road Warriors, the Rock and Roll Express. You had very established teams who totally we all knew, oh my God, they're going to be amazing. You can't do this without the Lucha Brothers, without the, you know, the uh, it'd be great if you could get the Revival. I don't know that you'll be able to get them, but um, because we know you're not going to be able to you get can't. the WWE teams, you got to get the best True. teams that are out there that are not in WWE. You can't just come up with some guys and expect us to. You can't have Jittery Jacob and his homeboy right. and think that we're just going to watch it. It has to be some meaningful tag team. Absolutely. Since they have the partnership with Ring of Honor, they need to strike up a partnership with New Japan and bring over some of the uh, tag champions from over there so that we can actually go, yo, this is a legit tournament for the Crockett Cup. Other than that, it's a name only and it won't mean anything. Well, they won't have long to do it because April, just a couple of months away, is when we'll see the Crockett Cup. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen with that. So with that said, we got to take a break. When we come back, there's still a whole lot to talk about. Raw and SmackDown this week were very, very interesting. Or were they? We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll talk about Halftime Heat. Which was better, the 99 version or the 2019 version? We'll talk about Worlds oh, Collide God. and what's really going on with the revival. But right now, let's go to some music from CFO. It's the theme song for Matt Riddle. Hey, bro, you've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction. Bro.
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Is in the building. <laughs> you can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Oh, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. Can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click advertise uh-huh. or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. We are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Hey Bro by Matt Riddle. Oh, no, that's by CFO. That's Matt Riddle's theme music, whoever he is. Anyways, GP, take it away from here. You know what? (laughs) In the moments where we're like, you know what? Clack is on. And then he says something like that. What in the world? Well, Matt Riddle, since you don't know who he is, is a former MMA competitor who is doing great, great things in NXT. And NXT was on full display during the big game. That's right. During the Super Bowl, the WWE decided to do something that it hasn't done in 20 years to provide halftime heat, figuring that the... Uh, halftime show at the Super Bowl would be a snooze fest, and they were, dare I say, prophetic. They felt like, hey, let's give you an alternative. And so they went live from the Performance Center with a jam-packed audience with a huge six-man tag match that saw Johnny Gargano. It saw, uh, let's see, Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole take on Ricochet, Aleister Black, and the Velveteen Dream. Uh, This match was out of this world, to say the least. Uh, The pace in this match, and I literally could hear Courtney as I was watching it, talking about the pace. What a match. What a moment. Let's talk about this halftime heat, first of all. What did you think uh, that NXT would be put on display uh, 20 years later after the very first halftime heat? Well, again, I said I'm a huge Maroon 5 fan, so there was no way on earth I was turning the TV from them. Because here's the reason why. I didn't want to be stuck on social media with people talking about the halftime that I missed. And after watching all those other great ones, I said I don't want to miss this one. But as I'm watching them go down in flames, my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram, and my phone are going all the way up. Why? Because people are talking about this halftime heat. And what Triple H, because we had to think Triple H, what he did was he got six of the best from NXT, put them in an arena. And here's what shocked me. There was an audience. Mm-hmm. That was shocking. They went now, and got an audience. Being me, I had to get more behind the scenes. And so I did some digging. And it was cool because they opened it up for the public. They had barbecue. They had chicken. The wrestlers served the fans, whoever showed up. They hung out with them. They watched the game on the screens. And when it went to halftime for the game, they literally started the show. Wow. 
And then they ended it and the wrestlers started. The wrestlers at the performance center served the people. So it's not that the match was as historic for me as much as I thought it was an amazing idea and a way to give back to the fans. Very interesting. Clock, did you watch Halftime Heat? And what did you think of it? I did not get a chance to watch it. Um, but I am I am not surprised if it had any level of success because the man that was a part of the success of it 20 years ago was a part of the success, potential success, I'm sure, that they just celebrated 20 years later, which is Triple H. So this thing has Attitude Era written all over it for me. But I'm, I'm telling you, that January 31st, 1999, my God from heaven, that no holds barred, yeah. false count anywhere, yeah. rock yeah. and mankind. He literally beat the mm-hmm. boot off of mankind, literally. Yeah. So, so and, and it's it pounding him with popcorn. So, so let's yeah. have a conversation. Uh, halftime Heat, <laughs> it's only the second time in WWE's history that they've even attempted it. The first time back in 1999, it saw The Rock versus Mankind as a follow-up to their absolutely electric uh, I Quit match at Royal Rumble. They decided to do an empty arena match, which certainly in 99, the internet was still kind of doing its thing. But you have a great way, of course, of not spoiling the results by doing that. Circ, uh, you know, Fast forward to 2019. You put the guys in the performance center. You let them go at it. Here's my question. Which was the better halftime heat? 1999 with Rock versus Mankind or 2019 this NXT six-man tag? Courtney, you go first. It's no question. I don't even know what we're talking about. You're asking me who wore the Laker jersey better, Eddie Jones or Kobe Bryant. It's it's by far Rock and Mankind. I watched it again this morning. That thing... It was a story. It was an empty arena with Vince standing there. I could hear them talking to each other. (laughs) Rock did his own commentary from the microphone. He answered a freaking phone and said said Mick Foley wasn't available in a rep. The phone cord for all of you who've never seen the phone cord a day in your life because you have a cell phone. There was this thing called a phone cord. He wrapped it around his neck and choked him out. And then... I saw the stupidest camera shot I've ever seen in my life as the Mick Foley's pinning Rock and the little uh, thing is coming down on Rock and Rock is like, oh no, help me Jesus. And the camera shot's like, got you now. It is coming down to him. And then with Rock on the ground with the little wood thing on top and about eight beer, beer things on top, Mick Foley lays his 400 pound fat sloppy body on top and gets the victory and then waves the belt in Rock's face like, got you. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Clack. You know, to me, this is a no-brainer. I mean, it's an empty arena, but it's full of Hall of Famers. Bonafide Hall of Famers. Not to be confused Uh, with Bonafide. Thank you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) No way to get the cheap plug. (laughs) Cheap plug, yes. (laughs) You know, it, it was... To me, that match was so exciting back then and even now. Uh, you know, the, the Rock and Mankind, they, like Courtney said, they told an incredible story. And it was good wrestling. But it wasn't just good athletic wrestling. 
The story was incredible. And I was telling Courtney this yesterday as he and I were debating uh, over some of my stances with the WWE and wrestling today. And I was telling Courtney, I could give him a bad script today. And because he's so talented, he could turn that bad script into a historic moment. And so I was using that analogy to try to prove my point that even if the writing isn't what it used to be, you put that in the hands of a skilled assassin uh, that's full of entertainment and, and can hold a crowd and can really give people what they want to see, then you're, you're not going to have the kind of issues that we have today. But, you know, I say all that to say uh, 1999 obviously has my vote. Well, uh, I'm clearly going with 2018 or 2019, excuse me. Um, and here's the reason why. So on mm. one, so on one hand, uh, prisoner of the moment. There had on one hand, there had never been an empty arena match. I think there are challenges with an empty arena a ma- match. One of the big things, of course, is you know it's like you need the people around to really. The, the people are just as much a part of it as the folks who are doing uh, what's happening in the ring. Um, you know, it was definitely weird. No real commentary, etc., etc., etc. Right now, with that said, if there were any two people who could pull it off, it was The Rock and Mankind. So uh, they were crazy enough. We'd already seen the the uh, Mankind in a bunch of boiler room brawls and foolishness like that. That was certainly uh, you know off the beaten path. So you know, I could give that to them. Now, let me just say this: it was a great concept and it was a great match. This is why I give the 2019 presentation of Halftime Heat the edge. First of all, we are in two very different eras, okay? And whether you acknowledge it or not, uh, the need and desire for greater athleticism is definitely a must in the world of pro wrestling in 2019. I have fallen asleep many, many times going back and watching some of the older things that I'm supposed to be a fan of, uh, i.e. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, the cage match, SummerSlam 94. It was boring to me then. It's boring to me now. You know, I've gone back to watch that first, the very first Royal Rumble event in 90, excuse me, in 1988 with Dino Bravo trying to set the world bench press record. It was a snooze fest. The truth of it is you have to do something to keep people's attention. And honest to goodness, we've not seen a match as fast-paced under the WWE banner as we did this past Sunday. And quite frankly, it was a challenging space to be in. The Performance Center is not meant for broadcast television as much as they'd like to prove to you that it is. Case in point, there were literally people flying from off the camera into the shop because they weren't designed for that. This was a brilliant idea of taking, again, nothing and making it something. The Performance Center is designed to be a training space, not to have a ton of people in there. And when you add the backstory of them serving the people, of them connecting with the people, it's what you, it is good business. It's what makes artists great when they go and serve at the soup kitchen or when they have their own tailgating party. That's the stuff that makes 
people die hard fans. So what on earth would attract people from watching the big game to hop into the Performance Center? Well, if it was me, it's just an opportunity in the Performance Center. But you mean to tell me I get to have hot dogs and shoot the breeze with the Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole and all the stars of NXT? That's a whole nother thing that didn't happen 20 years ago. This is not diminishing what happened with The Rock and Mankind. It is saying, get this, it is the evolution of the business. That's what we want. We're not interested in what they did in the 80s. We're interested in pure athleticism. And this is why that athleticism is necessary. Because for a sport whose authenticity is often questioned by the mainstream media, you need great athletic performances so that people can go, wait a minute, I, as an average person, can't do that. There's got to be something to it. So for the current environment that we're in, and it's not just the wrestling environment, it is the overall societal environment. That match was absolutely epic for wwe television they've never done a match like that before uh i can't say that they won't do it again but it certainly won't happen on raw or smackdown that's why they put their nxt guns in the forefront it speaks volumes to what the wwe actually believed people would turn from the super bowl to watch it wasn't raw it wasn't smackdown it was the greatness of nxt and they delivered so yes, I'm giving it to the Cats from 2019 because what it really is, is it's them saying we're giving the young guns the chance to be on the big stage before they went with their two biggest stars. Let's conceptualize that for a second. They went with Rock and Mankind, their two biggest stars, in 99 because Austin was out. So what do they do this time? They don't go with a Cena. They don't go with a Seth. They don't go with a Brock. They go with their guys from NXT because NXT delivers on time, every time, all the time. And they did but, halftime but, heat. But, gee, they, they delivered, but they should have changed the name. Don't call it halftime heat because it didn't give us the same thing. It's not supposed to give us the same thing. It's supposed to give us better. And they did. Okay. So with that said, or and, and this better? and this is coming from someone who's celebrating the return of the Crockett Cup, which didn't even last through its good WCW days. So with that said, Lauren Hill only gave us one album. What are you trying to say? I'm saying, and I wouldn't call her great. Are you kidding me? Oh, you wouldn't call you, Lauren Hill great. Lauren Hill is not great. Lauren Hill is great. Lauren, what? Lauren Hill is not. Lauren Hill great. is great. You can't be great with only one record. And when you Lauren unable, Hill is great. And when you're unable Lauren to Hill reproduce has, that record, she is yet to reproduce Lauren that record. Hill, Lauren Hill impacted people like not many artists could even dream of. She's great. And you know Greatness what? She impact. She impacts people today. And when she shows up late at every performance, and they we're end up we're not talking about that. We're talking we about, talk that about one that. album. No, 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 no. She no. was great. Courtney, she impacted you're too the people. Smart. You're too smart to actually believe <laughs> that she is great. You're out of your mind. You know too much music. You know too much pop culture to actually think that Lauren Hill can be I, deemed as great today when I she only had one great record. Lauren Hill. I think she's a great Lauren Hill. You are out of your mind. So with that said, I think you're now qualified to give us the raw recap. Go ahead. 
qualified this from the guy who thought that NXT was better on Sunday. Get it out absolutely here. was. And I got a yeah, whole slew of people who would agree with me. But who are fans? Who Oh, don't now what our you will not do so? is continue to besmirk we'll our fans. The dumbest fans in all podcasts. God. Courtney Beard, you're never going to get called up to do anything continuing to insult our fans. They'll end up, you know what? They'll end up taking Clack and I and they'll leave you because you keep calling them dumb. Woo! Our fans? They yes. know they are. They know it. Oh they agree with me. God. Guys, in the chat room, oh write it right now. God. I'm a dummy. Write it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Write it. I'm a dummy. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're going to write Courtney is a dummy. You got that right. They, hey, let me tell you something. They better not write Courtney is a dummy. In the what chat. are you going to do? Nothing. You know what you're you, going to do? You you're going to walk in there. Fingers gonna, and delete it right gonna now. You're going to walk in there, eat your, eat your special brownies, and call Lauren Hill great. Go ahead and give us the raw recap. If you start delete, if you start writing it on that thing, you better use your little fat fingers, fans. To Wait, start Courtney, are you right calling now. somebody's fingers fat? That's right, because I've lost weight since I've been here in Memphis because I am on a fast. God, give them the raw recap before all your credibility gets eaten up like those brownies did. WWE. <laughs> Clack, you shut up. What are you laughing at? She's in there breathing and laughing. <laughs> WWE Raw was live from the Old Rose Center. Well, now it's called the Moda Center in Portland, Oregon. And you remember that arena from No Mercy 2008. Remember, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels gave us a legendary ladder match. Now, was that legendary, GB? A legendary ladder match. Things kicked off with, that's right, the billionaire princess, Stephanie McMahon, in the squared circle, but she was confronted by the man, Becky Lynch, and found out until you get cleared, you're suspended. And Becky Lynch showed her, I'll suspend you. The Raw Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey, defeated Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. The Revival won a four corners tag match to earn a Raw Tag Team title opportunity against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Is it me or does it always feel like the tag title is always up for like a tournament or something? Mm. Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin confronted Kurt Angle. The Boston Hub Connection defeated Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross to qualify for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Elias defeated Jeff Jarrett. Finn Balor defeated Leo Rush. EC3 de defeated Dean Ambrose. And Drew McIntyre and bald Baron Corbin defeated Braun Strowman and Kurt Angle. Via DQ. Guys, what did you think about Monday Night Raw? Clack, please. Monday Night Raw for me was was really a letdown. Um, and, and I don't know why more so this week than before. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if it was uh, Kurt, Kurt Angles. He's just not very good. Uh, and it, it, it just walking looks like it hurts. It, it almost looks like it hurts to do promos. Braun Strowman was physically dominated. I couldn't understand that. I don't think I'll ever understand that. And yeah, I'm just at a loss with WWE. Uh, I feel like they are the people that I preach against when I talk about lethal loyalty, and I feel like I'm going down with the ship on Monday Night Raw. Mm. My feelings are hurt. Mm. Wow. Now is probably a good time to mention this as well, and that is there are talks that Fox will cancel... WWE Smackdown and their deal if WWE doesn't pull their ratings up for Smackdown Live. Wow. 
that is actually conversation that's happening right now. I thought that was fake, man. Is that real? No, that's pretty real. That's pretty real. So, According to Brian Alvarez, like, uh, Brian Alvarez uh, said this. He said, quote, if SmackDown goes to Fox with the star power that SmackDown has, I don't even think that there's a SmackDown on Fox by the beginning of the new year. It'll be on FS1. It'll be relegated to some smaller station. They cannot, cannot go to Fox with the roster that they have now and expect to stay on Fox for any length of time. They can be very easily canceled off of Fox. If they don't load up SmackDown with stars, whether it be the superstar shakeup in September or October, they will be canceled. Now, they've been pulled off of networks before. They were canceled from WGN. It happened on UPN. If they don't have their numbers, and they're not going to have the numbers with the SmackDown roster they have now, that's according to Brian Alvarez uh, from Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, And so this leads us to a lackluster, uh, I, I won't call it a lackluster SmackDown, but we have to talk about a lackluster Raw for starters, because uh, and here's the thing that happened with Raw, in my opinion. First of all, off the heels of a really hot Raw last week that started the road to WrestleMania, you got a couple of things happening. Seth Rollins is injured right now, which is not a good thing going into WrestleMania. You need his presence, whether he's wrestling or not. He needs to physically show up. That's not there. So here's what I... It felt to me like... All of your major stars were gone. So we got to figure out a main event. We got to figure out something to work. And so while you have a Finn Balor who's there who was doing great stuff, now you've got him locked into a war with Bobby Lashley. You bring back Kurt Angle, and now Kurt Angle ends up in the main event when we think he's about to retire against, of all people, Baron Corbin. Like, this feels like a house show in uh, Paducah, Kentucky, for crying out loud. It doesn't feel like a Monday Night Raw that's getting ready for a $1.5 billion deal with USA. It amazes me, and I'm going to go back to this point. This speaks to the strength of Raw and SmackDown right now when you have the chance to get all eyes on you, and instead of bringing guys from Raw or guys from SmackDown, you bring us guys from NXT. It's because they are the hungriest. It's because they have the best action. And if they're the guys that you put up and you expect 105 million people to turn the channel to the WWE Network, well, maybe not 105 million, but you get my point, and you don't expect the guys from Raw and SmackDown to do it, and here we are two weeks before another pay-per-view, six weeks away from the uh, WrestleMania, and it still feels like we're in the middle of July. This is a problem, WWE. And keep playing around, guys, because not only will you lose this major deal, but this All Elite Wrestling, they're not coming to play games with you. They are coming for a major TV deal, and you keep messing around and giving poor content. What's going to happen is Brandon J. Clack is going to leave the WWE and find himself at All Elite or Ring of Honor or New Japan saying, hey, I just wanted to like great wrestling and they weren't doing it for me. Suddenly I get a storyline and great action. Mark my words, WWE. You don't get it straight. Clack's leaving. Let me say this, though, GB. Let me say this. It also goes to a little bit of the fickleness of the, the wrestling fans right now. Because we're so smart, we're too smart. Uh, we booed Roman forever. 
and Raw has suffered since Roman's been gone. Now that's true. Truth be told. That's true. Raw has suffered. The crowd has no one to boo on a regular. I mean, now granted, he's gone the same day. And who the heck knows where Bray Wyatt is? Oh, yeah. Well, well maybe he's know, with he's JoJo because JoJo's gone too, apparently. When's the last so time you, you saw her announcing? So, so, so you're missing Bray Wyatt. You're missing Roman Reigns. You're missing Kevin Owens. So, so let's do so this. You're missing- I don't know if you can fully put it all on Roman, but I would say Roman's a big piece of the puzzle because it's Roman. Roman is. But wait, it's Roman coupled with, and you've been a big fan of Kevin Owens. You need a Ke- for every Roman Reigns, you need a Kevin Owens, right? You need a Kevin Owens, so, and and they don't, they don't have that. So think about and this. So right now, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But but Roman is the main piece, though. Roman, because right now no, Roman could be before, in a program with sucked, anybody. It sucked when Roman was on. It, it, did, it did, but at least it had some some an extra le- an extra gear to it. So so here's the thing: it's a combination of a bunch of things. It's a combination. We need Goldberg back. Oh God, no! But here's the deal, right? You need. Here's the problem: you don't have a regular champion anymore. Because Brock is nowhere to be found and only shows up when he feels like it, which means Paul Heyman is gone. Paul Heyman's a great talker. So that's, you know, whether you like Braun or Roman or not, or whether you like uh, Brock or not, the truth of it is Brock is, is, is one of those people that people would like to see. But when you take him away, you take Roman away, uh, Dean has lost all relevance. So at one point we were interested in seeing the Shield. Roman's gone. Dean is gone. Seth's the only thing that we're interested in watching. Um, the Shield, as is, man, Shield. You see those dudes is terrible. Well, you, you've got that. You, you don't have a Bray Wyatt. You don't have a Matt Hardy. You, there's a lot of there are a lot of elements that we would watch. And and I know Clack's gonna talk about the Attitude Era. Here's what made the Attitude Era uh, something that was must see for people. It wasn't one star. We didn't just tune in to watch Stone Cold. We so tuned true, in, we tuned in to watch Triple H and Sean. Yep. And we tuned in to watch Taker. And look, it was so interesting. We would watch the Nation of Domination. We wanted to see China. We wanted to see Eddie Guerrero. We had there were so many moving parts where you didn't want to miss a single segment of Monday Night Raw because the whole bottle could cap. It, the whole thing could explode at any given segment. Quite frankly, uh, uh, Nitro during that time frame was the same way. You didn't just oh, yeah. watch for the oh, NWO. Yeah. You watched for the cruiserweights. And then in Preach. the middle of all that, you still had Flair and the Horsemen. Preach. And you had all these different elements. The problem that we have hey. right now on Monday Night Raw is that you don't have multiple interests. Right now, all of our interest is in Becky Lynch and in Ronda. So if you squash that in segment one, what is there left? There's no universal champion for us to watch. The tag team champions are about as boring as watching paint dry. You know, like, what is there for a fan to tune into that will keep them not for two hours, but for three Hours. It can't be it. a retiring Kurt Angle. You know, you had well, all you had all this juice on Braun, and now that's gone. You know, so it, it it it's a bad. It is all around bad. So wait, we gotta have. Oh man, we gotta take a break too. Hulk Hogan, we need you to suit up. Come on back. 
Okay, that's the perfect time for a break because this right here is, oh, God. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we've got to talk SmackDown, but we have to talk about something that uh, some folks on social media had a conversation about, the Black History Tribute. Hmm. Let's talk about that from WWE, and uh, we will get into Worlds Collide and what's going on with the revival. But right now, let's go to some music uh, from CFO. It is the theme song for Leo Rush. It's called I Came to Collect. It's the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. It's me, DDP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Bang!
This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonnerfied Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonnerfied.com or via the Bonnerfied Radio app. Bonnerfied Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. This recap of The Remix is sponsored by Domingo Mejor. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm. I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, GB, no, no, I don't know why you did that. Why you did that? I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Dan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> James. <laughs> James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the Faction Powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to I Came to Collect. GB, let's talk some SmackDown. All right, SmackDown Live took place from the Angel of the Winds Arena. That sounds really spiritual, doesn't it? In Everett, Washington. Oddly enough, it is the same place that three years ago, almost to the day... Elder Daniel Bryan gave his retirement speech. So the irony of him returning to a hero's welcome as the new WWE champion. We'll talk about that in a second. But Becky Lynch, who was suspended indefinitely, showed up hoping to get that suspension lifted by Triple H. They had a volatile confrontation where she just will not go to the doctor. And it resulted in her slapping Triple H. Probably not the smartest move on planet Earth. Then in a tag match, Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. 
In an amazing match, Randy Orton defeated Mustafa Ali with one of probably his top five RKOs of all time. We'll have to talk about that. Daniel Bryan. Man, oh man, he came home to a hero's welcome and talked all about his placement in the Elimination Chamber. Then, in a triple threat tag match, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville defeated Naomi and Carmella and the Iconics. And in the main event, Jeff Hardy defeated the new Daniel Bryan via disqualification. But the DQ happened because out of nowhere returns Samoa Joe. Now, Samoa Joe showed up at the end of Randy Orton's match. Now he showed up uh, in this Jeff Hardy Daniel Bryan match. If I didn't know any better, his name would be John P. Key for all the times that he's showing up. <laughs> so with all that said, uh, what you guys think of last night's episode of SmackDown? <laughs> that was good, GP. Well, thank you. Uh, thank I, you. I, I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I all of this is starting to become very eerie to me. Okay. Um, you can't tell me that the WWE does not want the, the Attitude Era back. Seriously. The, the, the man, Becky316, now is being frustrated because she won't go to the doctor. Tell me what that sounds like. When Austin had to be put on the shelf because he was not physically uh, fit to wrestle and he and Vince got into it on TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are just robbing Stone Cold. And I'm not even mad about it. I just, if, if they're going to own that, I just, I just, I just don't know if Becky can handle the weight of Austin 316. GB, you've said it many times. Courtney said it many times. There'll never be another Ric Flair. There's no point of even trying. I don't know if Becky's going to be able to live up to this hype. Well, here's the thing. I think she can live up to it. I think think the pressure is not just Becky living up to the hype, but it is the first time in the history of this company and in the history of the business that the number one star is a woman. So I think there's a lot of pressure on her, pressure that Stone Cold never felt, pressure that The Rock never felt, pressure that no other male wrestler ever felt because they didn't have to carry uh, an entire movement like this on their shoulders. Um, and then you couple it with the Ro- uh, Stone Cold had an amazing supporting cast that at times was his equal. You know, So Stone Cold, he had The Rock that he could rock with. Uh, you could insert Triple H. You could insert Undertaker. You could insert Mick Foley. Um, You had a lot of amazing, amazing people that could rock with him at this time. Now, I'll say this. On the women's side of things, you've got Becky Lynch. You've got Charlotte. You've got Ronda. You've got Asuka. I think out of – and then you could throw a Nia Jax in there. And perhaps as an honorable mention, you can throw in um, uh, Alexa Bliss. But, you know, for the women's movement, it's a much different thing. As much as they've talked about the women's movement, the women's movement has always been an an addendum to whatever's going on. It has happened organically where it has now become the number one thing in this business. So I think it does introduce, you know, for as much as we talk about, um, you know, kind of pressing the reset button on a Stone Cold, Stone Cold uh, as a woman, if you wanted to say it like that. Um, is something different. It's something new because it's not just 
the attempt of standing up against the authority. It is a woman standing up against corporate authority, which quite frankly is a battle that's been happening all throughout the ages. There's not been a woman in pro wrestling to ever embody that. So I think for as much as we could draw parallels to Stone Cold, there is still something unique about this Becky Lynch situation. Because let's face it, her hitting Stephanie was one thing. Her hitting Triple yeah. H was something completely different. It, it, it reminded me, it, it almost felt like, uh, you know, the ghost of Christmas past mm. coming back. You know, right, it was right, right. It was almost like a deja vu. Now, I, now I'll be honest, GB. If they bring Austin back to be her quote-unquote Paul Heyman, that changes the game. Oh, yeah. Now, listen, if they do that, <laughs> you want to talk about something that's going to make the whole world talk. Austin that, comes back woo. to back Becky Lynch. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Uh, that's what I, yeah, it's I a agree with you, GB. If, if he if he lays hands on her and 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 imparts the mantle listen. of disruption, oh my! You know, and it, she becomes a hellraiser. Picture this. Picture this. Uh, I'm trying to think of when the right time is for this to happen. Elimination. No, it needs to happen in March. It needs to happen. Uh, either right before or right after this fast lane pay-per-view, the glass breaks as, you know, mm. she is. So here it is, right? She's in trouble, big trouble. Triple H has got Stephanie working on her. Uh, Rhonda has finally found some friends, and they're doing the dirty work. Here comes Stone Cold. He comes out. He stuns Triple H. Everybody else scatters. Here's the iconic photo and the iconic moment. Stone Cold, Becky Lynch, crashing beers together and chugging. Oh, That's man. That's the moment. And if they pull that off, we'll be replaying that for the next 20 years. I promise you. GB, that moment might save WWE. It could. And here's the thing. They are getting desperate to where they're willing to try things, which is why, you know, we had Nia Jax entering the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, With that said, with what I said earlier about having people to be able to stand as uh, co-stars, so to speak, right? I think SmackDown is far more equipped to do that in Raw. You have multiple things happening on SmackDown that's keeping our interest, whether it is Becky Lynch, which is scary that Becky Lynch right now is more popular than the SmackDown Women's Champion. That's another story. Um, Asuka, I think they are having the opportunity to rebuild her to the monster that she was last year, which now makes this worth watching. You've got Daniel Bryan, whether people like it or not. This is a very interesting scenario. And the WWE Championship has five worthy competitors. Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. The young Mustafa Ali, like all these guys who can put on great matches and whose chemistry is amazing. So the SmackDown, so I'll say this, the ratings for SmackDown being low confuses me a lot more than Raw. The Raw product is a poor product. The SmackDown product is a better product. Now, to me, I wonder if this has anything to do with, you know, Tuesday nights traditionally not being wrestling nights. We've had well over 25 years of Monday night being a wrestling night. And so people, I think, are more programmed to check out Monday Night Raw because it's a Monday. Tuesday, you think about this. Tuesday Night Thunder didn't do well compared to Nitro. 
you know, those secondary yeah. shows didn't do well. So I don't know what they're going to have to do to brand a night for SmackDown. And I'll go so far as to say this. SmackDown has actually appeared on three different nights of the week in its tenure. It started off yeah. on a Thursday. Then it moved to a Friday. Now it's on a Tuesday. So there's not that uh, consistency that we have for a Monday Night Raw. You know, if Courtney was here, Courtney would tell you about the importance of Saturday night at 6.05 because that's when the NWA would show up on TBS and it became an iconic time slot. Monday nights, 8 p.m. or Monday nights, 9 p.m., either time is an iconic wrestling time slot because it's been that way for 25 years we don't have that for tuesday nights at eight o'clock you know we, we just don't gb i'm also starting to think and you know i'll just kind of take it to the church world there's nothing worse than having a conference and somebody flop that mm, goes first right because it sets the precedent and the expectation of the next event That's the next point. service That's a great point. i'm also wondering if the trickle down effect from the flop on Monday mm -hmm. is hurting SmackDown on Tuesday. I would totally agree with that because for as much as they have wanted to have separate brands and separate brand audiences, the truth of it is it's a lot of overlapping audience. And yeah. so if Raw, you know, some of us are intelligent enough to be able to go Raw and SmackDown are two different shows with two different rosters and never shall the two come together except on these great pay-per-views. But most folks still look at it, catch this, as wrestling. Yeah, very true. Do you know what I mean? Very so it, it's almost like football and the NBA and those types of things. They don't necessarily make the difference between the AFC and the NFC, you know, or the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. It's all basketball. Yep. It's all football. It's all basketball. You know what I mean? So I think that's the problem that the WWE is having right now is that one brand is actually making it very difficult for the other. Yikes. Yeah. That, that boy, that is rough. And it does make it rough because now, here's the deal. Particularly when we're looking at um, these situations where there's a whole lot of money at stake. See, if you're in the mm -hmm. middle of a contract, you're not as worried. But when the contract has not gone into effect and it can be pulled, yo, right now, is it, it is like when a student gets accepted to a college, right? You don't then put out your worst grades. No, you put out your best. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like saying, oh, I just got accepted yeah. to my favorite university. Let's flunk this exam. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> you don't right. do that because you understand. Raw is flunking. Right. Raw is literally flunking with $2.5 billion at stake. Like, you can't afford it. You know, you can't afford it. So I think WWE has to really take stock. And right now, I've been saying this for a year, but it is the perfect storm for WWE to implode. And here's why. Because you're sitting up here thinking, nope, I'm not worried about All Elite. Nope, I'm not worried about Ring of Honor. Nope, I'm not worried about what these people have to say about us going over to Saudi Arabia. Nope, I'm not worried about anything. And yet you're, you, it's very evident, no matter how you try to slice it, the people aren't watching the way they used to. You don't Listen, it is a bad moment in 2019 when one of the highlights of your show is a Hall of Famer who hasn't been on Raw in 20 years showing up to fight oh. one of your current stars. Yeah, yeah. 
We don't want to watch Jeff Jarrett. I didn't want to watch Jeff Jarrett in 95 when he showed up as Double J. I really didn't. So him I showing didn't either. You know what I mean? So him showing up now does nothing for me. Not one thing. And here's what's bad, right? So if you remember, you, of course, the road dog was the roadie. He was his sidekick. The road dog went on to be bigger than Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> That's true. So the road dog is doing his DX entrance to intro Jeff Jarrett. It doesn't make sense. It, no, oh, yeah. Oh, man. They're desperate. You're they, right. They are desperate. That, that called it. They are desperate. And, and, and here's the sad part about this level of desperation. You know, Jeff Jarrett is a guy who just a couple of months ago was pushing his global force wrestling, was trying to partner with the NWA and partner with Impact and partner with all these people. Now he's working with WWE, the same folks he said he'd never work with again. It's a bad day. It's a bad day. Desperate. And couple it with this. The idea that Sting and Bret Hart are going to be at StarCast for All Elite, that is a problem. A very big problem. And, and, and Vince can try to ignore it as much as he wants. And Triple H, I'm sure, has got his head in the sand because he's doing all things NXT. Vince had better be careful because 2018 could be problematic. Couple that with this. So there was a report that went out that AJ Styles had apparently signed a new WWE contract. Only problem is AJ Styles responded and said, oh, yeah? When did that happen? Please let me know. Oh, no. Yeah. So AJ isn't exactly locked and loaded for April for WWE. Couple that with the rumor that, of course, we know that all of All Elite was at the Super Bowl. And the Super and at the Super Bowl, they were allegedly talking to a former WWE champion about coming to All Elite. Hmm. Who was the champion? Well, let's do the math. Hmm. A certain AJ Styles only lives an hour and a half from here in Atlanta. Hmm. Oh God, no, Lord, don't don't let them take AJ from us. Let me tell you something. If AJ Styles makes his way to Double or Nothing. And it's signed oh, it's a to problem. all elite. Listen, they've already got Jim Ross. You've got Chris Jericho. You've got you've got relevant legends. You've got some amazing new school folks. You can imagine Kenny Omega is coming. The Lucha Brothers are there. God only know. Oh, and I should mention this too. The revival went on WWE.com this week. And they were and they were asked about, you know, their win on Monday. And then they said, oh, yeah. And about these rumors, because the rumors are that they are leaving about these rumors. Yeah, the rumors are true. And we're going to leave Monday Night Raw with the tag team championships. What? It's on WWE.com right now. So some could argue it's a work. It's a work. But let me tell you something. Uh, between Dean Ambrose, The Revival, uh, Hideo Itami, these folks are not just talking out of the side of their mouths. And the fact that people are still thinking this stuff is a work means that you've been duped. Mm. So that they can tell you the truth and you won't even believe it. We're, we're almost in a state of emergency. I, I'm serious. And it's funny that we see it more than they do. But uh, they're going to have to pay attention. Okay, so before we go, I have to ask this because this happened right there in your hometown of Memphis. Of course, the month of February is Black History Month, 
And uh, WWE has done their best to give us a Black History tribute. Now, we had a hard time during Martin Luther King Day because of the multiple Martin Luther King quotes that were used and seemingly misappropriated to be part of a Seth Rollins, uh, Dean Ambrose feud. And now the Black History Month tributes have begun at WWE. And uh, it's got a lot of backlash because it uh, consisted of WWE wrestlers visiting, once again, the uh, museum there in Memphis, the Civil Rights Museum there in Memphis. Um, last year, they had a uh, interesting group of folks, whether it was Seth Rollins or Titus O'Neil or a couple of others. This year, it was noticeably all African-American wrestlers, all wrestlers of color who visited from the New Day to Apollo Crews, Nia Jax, uh, Ember Moon. And in the past, for their Black History Month, they've honored uh, African-American wrestlers. You know, they've done uh, that whole situation. But now they're doing African-American moments in American history. Uh, Are we being overly sensitive and should we applaud WWE for doing this or does this feel disingenuous? Tell me what the backlash was. What what are some of the people saying? Well, I'll I'll go to our Instagram page because we asked about Monday Night Raw. And our Instagram page uh, had quite a bit to say about what happened. Uh, in particular, uh, let's see, uh, at Delger, uh, Delger Dell, who DC, he listens to the show. He's usually in the chat room. He says it was pure garbage. And then the lame Black History Month tribute, whack. If they want me to take them serious about the Black History Month tribute, how about making Vince and the white stars of WWE go to the African-American Museum and showing us footage of that? Then maybe I'll take them seriously about the tribute. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Uh, is a reflection of the seriousness of a tribute. Um, I don't, I don't see why it's any less important if the new day go. Uh, but I could see, I guess I could see why they would want Vince to show up there. But uh, you know, I, I will say that it, it didn't have enough of a punch for me. Mm-hmm. I, I know it sounds like contradictory moments. I just don't agree with that guy. But in 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 agreement with what he's overall trying to say, I don't know if disingenuous is the right word for me. But it, it needed something. I don't know what it what it is, but it did feel like it was missing something to take that over the edge, that uh, to make the kind of impact that I think the month of February makes on African Americans. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. I I watched it and I felt some kind of way, and I yeah. think I felt and and I had to ask myself, okay, so do I feel some kind of way just because? These days, I tend to feel some kind of way about anything related to this. But I think Mm -hmm. it had everything to do with I've watched in previous years where they honored African-American wrestlers and they talked about the Bobo Brazils and they talked about the Mark Henry's and they talked about the Ron Simmons, all of which made sense to me because it is in context of the contribution to the sport of pro wrestling, which I think African-American wrestlers are uh, grossly underserved. And their history is not really told. So I thought that made a lot of sense. I'm leery about when they start getting into pop culture um, because there's a lot of major moments that they've missed. Uh, They've been eerily silent over the last seven years during this whole Black Lives Matter movement. 
Um, and and you could make the argument, hey, we don't want to get political. Okay, so if you don't want to get political, then figure out how to honor all of these different months that you want to honor without getting political. You can do that by keeping it within the sport of pro wrestling. You don't have to try to, you know, now we're going to talk about society's problems and things like that. Particularly, it's like this. It's like taking me to go visit, uh, you know, my own family reunion and then talk about the importance of family reunions. Well, I don't have a problem understanding that. I don't think the New Day, it's very clear that the New Day doesn't have a problem understanding uh, the, the value of the African-American contribution to culture. They're the ones who, you know, would talk about Black Panther and during Black History Month would wear African prints to the ring and all these. They're always promoting their blackness and it's super cool. Yeah, boy, that is a, as much as I hate to admit it, that is a compelling argument uh, about the state of the relevance to African-Americans in the eyes of the corporation. Yeah. And it, it just may not be, whew, they're, they're kind of showing their cards. It's probably just not priority or importance to them is kind of what it looks like. And that's, to me, I just feel like this. If you cannot do it authentically, then don't do it. Yeah, don't even it's touch just, it. Be, because then, because here's the thing. I don't recall ever saying it's February. I wonder what WWE is going to do for Black History Month. Yeah. I've no, never yeah. said that. And and there's not this pressure from their African-American fans to do it. But if you're going to do it, do it well and do it right and show that it actually matters. And and it doesn't look like they've done that. So yeah, it's super it, interesting. It, I, yeah. it does look like there's no pressure to do it. But it also tells me that they don't have someone with enough clout in upper management to give them an authentic pulse yeah. on how to do this right. That's totally, probably what it seems like. That's absolutely what it is. I totally agree. WWE, you need to hire GB. Listen, you need to hire the three of us because the truth of it is Listen. we could get you everything that you need and you'd be relevant to many, many, many cultures. And it boost your ratings too and help secure that one billion dollar deal you're trying to keep so with all that said let's get on out of here what a great show it has been today i hope you guys have totally enjoyed what we have brought to you here's how you could reach out to us by way of social media clack brendan j clack on all the social media platforms hit me up anytime and of course you can reach courtney at c major beard and you can reach me at bonafide and you can follow us uh, on Instagram and on Twitter at The Faction Show. All sorts of great content coming your way. And stay tuned because, of course, we'll be following uh, what's going on with Double or Nothing tomorrow. So we'll tell you about what's going on with that and all the other latest and greatest news in the great sport of pro wrestling. Until next time, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are The Faction.